from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of the show. As always, you're listening on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and you are watching on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash live now DT. And we are here on the show uh, with someone that is no stranger to the broadcast. That is Adrian Autry, former Syracuse player and current Syracuse assistant coach here with us this morning after a shortened season. Adrian, how you doing today? Good. How you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Adrian. And, and I know you said, you know, you, you got you got kids and, you know, obviously uh, they want to be out and doing stuff. What's life been like for you? I mean, four kids and I mean, I know they're all different ages and whatnot, but who's who's in who's in the house right now? And what do we got going on? And so we have uh, we, we have had some technical difficulties today with calls that have come through here. So we got Adrian on here now. Let's try this again. So what's life been like with the kids, Adrian, and, and trying to corral them all? I know you got two boys and two girls. Are they you got two out and two at home? I got two out, two at home. Uh, the two at home have actually they've calmed down this week because of the weather. So it's been a little bit easier, but you know, we got homeschool going on, we got activities, weight room. We just moved, you know, we just made our house basically uh, we've designated each room for, for for that room to be something to do. So, so bring me into that. You've designated rooms to be something to do. So what are the rooms designated for now? Tell, tell me what you got going on in the rooms. Well, when you're in the bedroom and you're sitting up, that's your classroom, man. <laughs> okay. we, the kitchen stays the kitchen. That's lunchtime. That's the cafeteria. Okay. Then we go down into the basement. Obviously, that's where we get to work in. We got a couple of, uh, you know, machines down there, a bike and elliptical. So they kind of get some exercise in there when the weather's not permitting, but it looks like today they'll be able to get out and get some, uh, get some work, some, get some exercise outside. So that'll be really cool. So, uh, and then the living room, obviously is the entertainment room. We sit in there and we do some stuff. My office is, is down in the basement as well. So, uh, you know, we just try to try to move around the house, man. Keep our, keep ourselves active as possible, man. And, you know, with, with having, you know, with having this, this new, you know, life that we got right now, I mean, obviously uh, some changes that have happened and not a forever thing, but some changes that we've had go on. How have you been navigating it? What can you say about, you know, maybe what it's taught you as, as a father? Cause you still got to recruit, you still got to do your thing and you're a dad. So how have you navigated these new waters? I think the biggest thing, uh, that's really hit home, uh, um, is on is on a parent side, you know, being able to spend time with not only my wife, uh, but my kids, uh, getting a chance to almost kind of like reconnect with those, those guys. You don't realize how much, you know, when you got school going on and your job going on, how much you're separated. So this is a really great time, you know, uh, to spend time with the family and kind of get reconnected. It's, it's been really, you know, the first couple of days, the first couple of, you know, week or so was tough, but now, you know, you, you, you get used to being around your kids. It's going to be a, another adjustment once we get back to normalcy, man, not to be around them as much. But it's been fun, and I've enjoyed it. What have you learned about yourself as a as a husband and as a father 
now that you have more time to spend with the family? Uh, I, I, I learned that my, I got low patience and, uh, and, 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 and I'm a sore loser when it comes to all the games, any games, the competition that we play, don't want to lose to them. What, what are some of the games that, that you have played? Are, are you a board game guy? Are you taking those out? What are you doing now? You know what? It's not even really games. We compete and everything. So like running and racing and, and things like that, you know, from an athletic standpoint, uh, Video games, I'm not good with my son won't play with me. He plays with his other son. It's the world of technology. He waits, waits up for him, so they play against each other now and his friends. But uh, mostly everything is about, you know, going outside, shooting. Everything is really active when it comes to competition in my household activities. Speaking here with Adrian Autry, uh, former player and current assistant coach with the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team. Uh, Adrian, you know, we, we look at a season that – got cut short, and it seemed at the most inopportune time. I, I want to start there with it. In, in your opinion, was was this the, the worst time possible for the season to end because of where the team was at? Did you feel like maybe this was where where the momentum was finally happening, the team was finally coming together? Was this the, the worst possible time to see the season end for Syracuse? Uh, I wouldn't say the worst. Um, obviously, you know, you're excited after the performance against North Carolina. Yeah. You know, we started playing well. Uh you know, I thought the, the end stretch of the season, I thought we started putting consistent games together. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, I thought we were trucking in the right direction. You know, everything else is really unknown. But I thought we were playing our most consistent basketball towards the end. Um, and But, you know, these things happen. And uh, so, you know, I'd rather end the season on a, the win the way we had it than the end the season on a loss. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. You've never been in this. This is this is uncharted territory. You know, normally you are in control of your destiny. If you, if you win, you move on. If you lose, you don't. In this case, the coronavirus didn't let anybody move on. How have you handled that as a coach? And and what was what was that like for you to go through something where it was like, okay, well, we won our first game in the ACC tournament, so on to the quarterfinals. This is such a unique situation that really can't be compared to anything. How how did you address it, and how did you handle it as a coach? Well, I think uh, the, 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 uh, the most important thing was the safety of not only you know our families, but but our, our our basketball family. You know, you know at that time when the information was kind of uh, coming in, you know, once they uh, canceled the NBA and Rudy Gobert tested, we we knew that uh, this thing was going end soon. Um, we, we we really. After we played North Carolina, we didn't really – we were preparing, but we, we kind of knew that that game was not going to happen. Um, and uh, so it was really just kind of making sure our families were together and getting ready to get back and, and kind of hunker down uh, and knowing that what was coming, just preparing everybody and then preparing our kids, you know, from an academic standpoint, you know, trying to get the plan together, you know, seeing what the school was going to do. So it was a lot of communication and getting ready to hunker down to – the present moment that we're in right now. How, you know, when when this all came down, because originally there was the conversation of, you know, a Thursday morning, you know, that, that Thursday of the tournament for the quarterfinals, there there was the address from Commissioner of the ACC, John Swafford, we are going to charge on, we're going to keep playing. And then within, you know, just a couple hours time, it was like, actually, you know what, I don't think we are. How how did you handle that? How did how did you guys as coaches handle that? And then how did the players handle the fact of like you said when Rudy Gobert tested positive, you had a, a feeling things were going to get shut down. But 
to have that Thursday where it's like, you're playing, oh wait, we're not playing. Kind of an interesting situation to be in. What was that like down in Greensboro? You know, I think everybody um, kind of had wrapped their minds around that they knew the possibility of not playing was was high, you know. Um, but I thought what we did was a good job of preparing for both. You know, we had the 9 o'clock game, so, uh, you know, even at that time when they started canceling, like, our guys were still on that 9 o'clock schedule, so they were finishing up breakfast, uh, getting ready to go and get some shots up. We were actually had nowhere to get to a shoot-around to get some shots up. Uh, so we had some time to prepare, but, uh, you know, I think – you know, from the staff standpoint, we were preparing families. We were preparing, to, you know, as a staff to, you know, all the different options uh, to, to either play or to try to navigate this thing and, and get everybody back home safe. And so, you know, we, we get these, you know, peop- we get everybody home. And, you know, it, it, what was what was the travel like for you once you got that news? How quickly did, you know, you pack up and, and get set to come back to Syracuse? Bring me into you know, transitioning out of, okay, we're playing, oh, wait, no, we're not. All right, let's get everybody together and, and get home. What was the protocol to make sure that you all got back to Syracuse? Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that night everybody was probably starting to get prepared. I know, you know, my family was there one of the few times that they get a chance to share, um, you know, traveling on the road with us. So I know, you know, I think families, the wives who were there, they were all getting prepared to pack a little bit, you know, have a couple of things left over and just kind of taking it day by day because that's what it is in those tournaments. You know, it's game by game. You know, at some point, either you stay all the way through or, you know, when you lose, you're probably more than likely leaving that next day. So just kind of getting everything prepared, putting everything in motion and uh, and just kind of on a wait and see. It was a wait and see after that. Speaking here with Adrian Autry, a former Syracuse player and, and current assistant coach on the team, what was the message to the players? How did you handle that with the guys, you know, to find out that, you know, obviously you needed the ACC tournament for some help with hopes of the NCAA tournament. So it was important for Syracuse to obviously stay in it and continue to push uh, now more than ever. So how did you address it with the players when their season was cut short because of nothing that they did, but because of something bigger than all of us at this point? You know what, Dan? I don't think you've really had to uh, explain it. I think the only time that we really started explaining things is once we landed and we got back, you know, what was the protocol? I think all the kids knew um, and obviously had some some nervousness, you know, some, some, some fear of even trying to play. I think trying to play would have been worse. I think uh, – I think, you know, after that news passed with Gobert, it really hit home. You know, these kids all look up to the NBA, and now, you know, when something happens in the NBA, that thing is real. You know, we experienced that the month earlier with Kobe Bryant, you know, that the passing of Kobe, which was so tragic. You know, uh, you know, I think every college coach can give you a story about, you know, how they how their kids reacted and responded to it, and even though they never – some of them probably never met Kobe, but that's, you know, that's who they look up to. You know, that's what, that's what they aspire to go to. So those guys are toned in. So I think once that happened, I think, you know, these kids were – you know, kids and players were just really worried about their safety. And when when you get that, when you, when you get the protocol of, you know, once we land, this is what we need to do, what was addressed to – to you know how you know, not only to the players but to you as a coach, what did you need to do? Because I know I spoke with Lemoyne, and you know they were kind of put in a situation was like you have a half an hour to pack up your stuff, you have to leave, you got to do this and that. Uh, what was the protocol once you landed in Syracuse? I think you know once you landed, you know we, we told everybody to kind of go home and 
you know, obviously, you know, we'll have more details and we're just in constant communication, but try to stay in. Obviously, this thing was serious. It was spreading, uh, you know, you know, get your things ready because we were on spring break. So they, they were heading home anyway. Some of the most of the guys are, you know, once that happened, I think by the time we landed, people already had reached out to their families and making plans to, you know, to leave campus and stuff like that. So we had a team meeting, scheduled a team meeting, uh, found out what the school was doing, got on the same kind of thing with the school, came on the same same plan as the school, and then we just started making our adjustments of how we were going to do uh, uh, online stuff and move forward, so uh, putting the plan in place. So that was really it. So when they got home, I think most of the guys are preparing to, to, to go home and be with their families and, and, to, and then and kind of wait. For you, Adrian, you know, was 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 there ever any panic? Did you sense any of that? I mean, you said guys just kind of wanted to get home, some nervousness and whatnot. You have four kids, you have a wife, you you obviously have family and friends. As a father and as a husband and as a father to a lot of these kids on the team as well, or or a big brother or whatever you want to call it, how do how do you handle that in your life? And and you know, do you have that concern? Because obviously, you want to protect your kids, whether they're your kids biologically or your kids through you know being a coach and whatnot. How do you handle all that? Well, I think it's communication. Uh, you know, um, a lot of times, young young younger kids and, and young men. You know, at this age, obviously, we've heard a whole lot of. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of articles, a lot of things, a lot of attention have been, you know, spotlighted on this young group as far as taking this thing seriously. I think that was really the message um, to, to take this thing seriously and do everything that they can uh, to protect themselves and their friends and their families. And it was more about them protecting their loved ones. You know, I think this is a this case is more about, you know, especially for the younger generation of really caring about others, you know, um, others, the people, the older people that may have underlying health issues or your, your grandparents, you know, and to stop the spread of it overall. Um, so I think, you know, that was more of the message, uh, educating those guys on it. And obviously I know their parents were. Um, so that was kind of the message. And, you know, for you, did you see, because, you know, some people are obviously, you know, not always giving respect to the younger generation and caring about this. We've seen, you know, the younger generation, some people just on the beach, like it doesn't matter. You know, how, how have you seen this and how have you addressed this and, and what have you said about it? And, and did you see, you know, the, the Syracuse players take it seriously? Because I think it's important that if some people are out on a beach not caring, that doesn't mean everybody. It doesn't mean the entire generation. So, you know, I do want to give credit where credit's due. How did you see the, the Syracuse players, you know, address this? And do you feel like they took it seriously from the beginning? I know our guys took that very seriously. We we have a great group of guys, um, uh, an unselfish, caring group of guys. I think, um, you know, that was witnessed all throughout the season, through our ups and downs, a fun group. Um, you know, we had a lot of ups and downs, but I never once, you know, uh, came into practice and seen anybody, you know, unhappy or you know, they were always positive and upbeat. And as a caring group, they, they really cared for each other um, and they really played together. It was one of the more connected groups uh that uh, we've had in a, in a while here you know even given you know the, the way the season went they always stayed together so this was a caring group I, I think they all took it seriously um there's no doubt about it they all uh a little bit more mature and they're disciplined you know that's what athletes are a lot of athletes you know people forget though they give them much as credit they're disciplined man they have they have a regiment schedule of keeping themselves in shape you know academics 
So, you know, athletes are the guys that are, are, are disciplined. They can, you know, they're used to scheduling structure so that they can, they can handle these things a little bit differently than, than, than people that have a lot more freedom. Yeah, coming from uh, Syracuse, former player and current assistant coach Adrian Autry. Uh, Adrian, when the season ended abruptly, we also saw some things changing in Syracuse on the roster itself. Uh, Brendan Paul, who came on as a walk-on, Howard Washington Jr., as well as Bryson Goodine and Jalen Carey, all decided to enter the transfer portal. How did you handle that as a family, and, and what what can you say about you know these four gentlemen moving on and and you know ending their time at Syracuse and looking for the next opportunity? First, first and foremost, all high character kids are all talented kids. You know, you wish them the best moving forward. Um, you know, uh, this is this is the climate of college basketball. I mean, you know, Wichita State lost six six players. You know, if you look at the transfer portal now, it's five hundred players. So. You know, obviously, this is the climate of college basketball now. Um, it's you know, it's almost kind of to be expected. You know, the, the movement. You know, uh, you know, when you look up at the higher level, that's the way it is in the NBA. Three-year contracts and guys are moving on. Um, so you know, it's, you know, we're we're just a you know step below that. So you expect that you're wishing the best. Uh, obviously, they you know the, the situation they wanted more, or you know they wanted to be in a different situation. So all you could do is wish them the best, wish them luck, and. Uh, we're all high-character kids, and all we want is the best for them. For for you as a coach, how hard is that, you know, to, to be in a situation, um, you know, when you look at something like that and, and see kind of where things are at, you know, like you said with the transfer portal and things going on, you know, Adrian, for, for you as a coach, how difficult? Because you got to recruit every single year, years in advance. I mean, you're recruiting all the time. You may have – some like last minute additions or somebody that's in the transfer portal that you could bring into Syracuse. But more often than not, I mean, you're planning out ahead of time for all this. So when something like this happens and, you know, you lose a bunch of, I mean, all players in the backcourt in that situation, how do you address that immediately knowing that, you know, we're sitting here in March and these guys were supposed to help be a part of the future? Well, I think, you you know, you always plan, you always uh, try to, uh, prepare um i don't know if every i don't this is this wasn't a surprise you know we 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 kind of had an idea this was going to happen again you know i, I know coach has been on the record of saying you know when you have five guards you know you're going you know you can't play off five guards yeah. so you, you you know you have some expectations of moving some you know you're going to lose some um so you know i think you know through recruiting and you knew that this was going to be a cycle of uh you know, transfers, you know, you, you know, that's how you build your roster now, and that's how you kind of, you know, offset some, some losses. So, you know, right now, obviously, as you can see, you know, if you're in college, I mean, there's four or five hundred, four, you know, five hundred guys in the transfer portal now. So that's how, you, you know, that's what you do. You prepare for that, and you move forward. I want to go individually and kind of, you know, now, I mean, obviously, they move forward, and you said that they're talented guys, but what will you remember most about Jalen Carey? You know, uh, you know, from a basketball standpoint, I remember him uh, coming in, uh, playing that first game in the Garden at UConn, him being so excited to play in front of family and friends. And he started off, you know, a little rough, and he just kind of stayed with it. Then he got himself going and, and wound up, you know, obviously we lost the game. But for him personally, you know, uh, kind of you've seen the talent there. Um, um, but a lot, of, a lot of it was just, you know, watching him work and, and watching him handle 
the injury this year and even last year when things didn't go his way, the way he handled things, and he always stayed up being positive and he always came into work. I was really impressed uh, with that. And those are the things that I remember about him. That's how I know he'll have some success going forward because he he has a very good uh, mindset and outlook on, in life. Uh, he doesn't let anything get him down. Uh, he's always has a positive spin on things. And, you know, not a lot of people may know about him, but obviously it helps when you're scouting other teams and you have to put people in position and practice to push you to be ready for these teams. What can you tell me about what you'll remember about Brendan Paul? You know, Brendan was, you know, he came in as a walk-on. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought Brendan, um, you know, played his role. You know, he helped us in practice. You know, uh, he was, uh, you know, a player that can, you know, make some shots. But I thought you know, Brendan's value was that, uh, you know, he understood the game and, you know, he was a guy that can kind of, you know, almost like, a, you know, a big part of our practice team and he would be able to execute and get things done the way we needed them to get done. And as far as uh, Bryson Goodine, I mean, he got picked up inst- instantaneously. I don't even know if it was 24 hours that's, uh, that Providence took him. What can you tell us about uh, Bryson Goodine? You know, Bryson was starting to, I thought he was starting to really uh, figure things out towards the end of the year. Um, um, I thought he started to give us, he started to give you glimpses of what he could be and what he could do. Uh, but unfortunately, it just seemed like, you know, the way everything ended, like they kind of had, he had kind of had his mind made up that this was not going to be the place for him and he wanted to move on. But very talented, uh, again, high character kid, didn't hold his head, came in and was always positive and was a part of the team until the last game. Howard Washington Jr., been through injuries, been through a stroke, been through a lot in his time at Syracuse and is one of those guys that I have a lot of respect for. I mean, I have a lot of respect for all the guys. I've gotten to know Howard over the last three, four years. What can what will you remember most about Howard Washington Jr.? You know, uh, just, just, just the way he he persevered through all these things and his mindset, um, always about the team, selfless guy, puts him, puts the team before anything. Um, you know, I think he, you know, when it's said and done, I think he's going to be a great coach, great communicator, always corralling the guys. He was one of our leaders, uh, even though you know his role may not be a, been big on the basketball court as far as the minutes and stuff like that, but he was a big part of what we were doing. He was a leader. Guys looked up to him. Um, he was always positive in getting guys and talking to guys and even talking to the staff. You know, he was like he was like a coach on the court for us. That coming from Adrian Autry, uh, former player and current assistant coach on the team. We look toward the future, Adrian, and and what this roster looks like. I know you you brought in a couple guys that have already signed, so I believe you can mention them, but. Uh, either way, you have two signed that are, that are coming into Syracuse. What can you say about uh, what you have coming in as true freshmen right now for the 2020-2021 roster? Well, uh, uh, Woody Newton, 6'9", athletic skill forward, um, high-motor, long, lanky. Uh, you know, he's he's his best basketball days ahead of him. Yeah. You know, shoots the ball pretty well, can get to the basket. Obviously, he has to add some strength like most freshmen. And get adapted, but uh, very talented. Um, the future is bright for him. He's going to do some things, uh, you know. Well, he, he's he's a good player. And uh, Kadari Richmond, six six combo guard, you know, uh, special special with the basketball. He can do some special things with the basketball. Good handle, uh, has a good feel for the game. Uh, super talented. Uh, obviously, um, someone that can 
play a couple of positions for us and someone that we'll need, you know, especially with the depth in the backcourt. I think he's someone that can provide that a little bit and provide us some stuff on the wing as well. And, you know, it, we know that this zone is, is most effective when you have length at the top of it. What you know for with Kadari Richmond coming in right away? Do you think that he can have an immediate impact and that his length can help to kind of you know boost this zone up a little bit and give because we've seen you know what some of the guys have been able to do in recent history and how far that's taken you in the tournament? Can he be one of those guys? I think he can. I think uh, you know he has like I said he has a good feel for the game. You know not even you know on both ends of the floor he's long, long arms, got good anticipation. So uh, I think he can he can really help us, especially uh, you know when he's up at the top. You're in the room with the forwards. Uh, Quincy Garrier just finished his true freshman season. Uh, Barama Sidibe uh, has has obviously done well in the front court. I think he's improved in the front court. I think you know his ability to play around the rim, create his own shot, get offensive rebounds. His hands have gotten better, in my opinion. Uh, Marek Dolajai, we know he's been a utility belt and done a little bit of everything, and is willing to go after the ball every second of the day. Uh, what can you say about, you know, some of these guys, about Marek, about Quincy, about Barama? What have you seen from them this season, and what can they bring to you for the future? Yeah, I thought Quincy made a really big jump towards the end of the year on the defensive end and uh, and uh, playing his role. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to him continuing to get better, and I think he will. Um, he can shoot the basketball. He's a good shooter. I know he struggled this year from shooting it, but – you know, I think uh, you know you'll see you'll see more of his offensive game. But I thought he made big jumps and strides. I thought he got better as a player um, towards the end of the year, and he was giving us a consistent minutes and consistent production. So that was really uh, key. I thought towards the end of the year for us, um, Barama, he just was you know he was the way he played the last five games. That's what we envisioned him doing the whole year, and I think he will. I think he'll take that step next year. Obviously, the numbers were, were there, but I thought his energy and his activity. You know uh, the way he moved, the way he got up and down. Those are the things that makes him special. And I think he, I think he got, I think he understands what he needs to do and how and how and how he needs to play now. And you know, for you to 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 look at this, I mean, with Quincy, you know, moving forward, what what did you see from him that you thought, you know, really is what you maybe expected, what you anticipated? What do you want him to work on? I mean, he he had to play as a true freshman. He was the first one off the bench. What did you see from Quincy Garrier and and where? Where can he go from here, in your opinion? Well, I think, you know, uh, the, the thing about what I loved about Quincy, that he, he always brought energy, you know, and may not, you know, always see it, but his energy and his toughness, uh, finishing around the brim and rebounding, you know, uh, you know, he really uh, rebounded the ball a lot better than I thought he, than I thought he would, um, especially on the offensive end. I thought he uh, bought in to being physical and being strong. You know, in high school, he was able to shoot the ball a lot. Um, I thought he bought into being able to finish around around the basket a lot more. Um, and I thought that was key for his improvement. And then he started making better basketball decisions, making some good passes, uh, you know, playing with the guys, moving without the basketball. I thought all those were things that he improved on as the year went along. What's What's the best thing about Marek? I, I know that you went out – I mean, you – you and I were talking when when you were going out to – I mean, you were obviously recruiting him heavy. You're the only coach that went out to actually see him in his country. I know that that meant the world to him and to his father and, and just kind of his story and his journey. You showed him love, and you 
made, you did those extra things. You made those extra moves to make him truly feel wanted. And I think that every Syracuse fan has to thank you for that because of what he's done and, and just, you know, what he's been to this team. And I hope that people appreciate it while they're seeing it in real time. What does Marek bring to the table? And, and he always improves, it seems like. So is there still more in the tank for Marek Dolajai? Oh, it's a lot more in the tank for Marek. You know, I think he, um, I think he just, you know, the one thing about it, he was very consistent this year. Um, for the most part, you know, he had his ups and downs. But I thought, he, you know, uh, I think Marek can be more aggressive. I think he can shoot the ball more. Um, I think he can, you know, provide some more scoring. Obviously, the rebounding numbers went up. Um, and he's a playmaker, but I think he still, you know, I know he still has room for improvement, and I think, you know, the strength obviously is one of them, and I think that'll help him be more consistent. We, you know, we're, we're expecting, you know, him to have a bigger role next year offensively, but Marek just continues to get better um, each year, and, he, and he, you know, the one thing about Marek is he's going to give you everything he has, but I think, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, I think the production, he, he has some more uh, to shoot the ball a little bit more and finish a little bit more, and that's all going to come. You know, uh, and I expect that to be there next year, right from the beginning of the year. Speaking here with Adrian Autry, Adrian, uh, before I let you go, Robert Braswell, he obviously had some trouble with injuries and wasn't available to you uh, really this season. Where do we go from here with Robert Braswell? What can you say about him? Hey, you know, Rob was really uh, starting to improve in practice. It was unfortunate that the, he had the, uh, the sense points, which were very painful for him, but I thought he – did a really good job, you know, gaining some weight. He's a little bit, he's visibly stronger now. He's picked up some weight, um, and but he can shoot the basketball. He can make plays, you know, he can he can rebound the ball. Um, so I think he's going to be an added addition. He's going to really help us out, especially in the front court. He's going to add that outside threat and also some more rebounding and shot blocking. Uh, fans want to know with, with some of these moves being made, I know you can't say specifics because of recruiting rules in the NCAA, so I'll respect that, but – are are you as a coaching staff still looking potentially for 2020, 2021 to bring somebody in right away? I think you always got to look. Um, obviously, that's the landscape. So you're always looking to see how you can, you know, uh, improve or add to what you have, um, but not, you know, uh, shaking up your core. So you're always looking, you know, you're always out there. You have to look. I mean, especially at this particular moment in time, you know, we, we, we're not, you know, we can't do much. So uh, with all of, you know, the transfers and stuff, you're always looking, you know, whether you make a move on it or not, you know, that, that remains to be, that's up to coach. But you're always looking as assistant coach to see, you know, what, what, what can you do? You know, how can we improve? How can we get better? And things like that. I want to make sure that we give credit where credit's due before I let you go here. Elijah Hughes decided to put his name into the NBA draft. A lot of uh, people had the notion that this could happen. Uh, he was leading the ACC almost 20 points a game. We know what he's meant to the team. This is the year that he was really asked, I mean, even more so, in my opinion, than ever to be a leader. But I think he's somebody that's always meant something to his his brothers on this team. What is what? What can you say about Elijah Hughes, what the NBA is getting, and the bittersweetness of having somebody like him and then having to say see you later because he's deciding to obviously move forward into the draft? Well, first of all, I want to say uh, he's going through the draft process, so I'm not ready to say goodbye all the way. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll see. But, I mean, obviously, I think, uh, 
you know, it's, it's probably a good chance that he'll kind of keep his name in. But, you know, you just never know. You know, we thought the same thing about Ty's battle a couple of years ago, and he came back for his, his junior year. So you never know. But, you know, Elijah probably had one of the more more phenomenal seasons, remarkable seasons uh, since I've been back as a coach. Consistent, there, unselfish uh, seasons, a uh, great leader, um, did an unbelievable job of playing, playing for his teammates, uh, and stepping up when he, when he needed to step up. Um, just an unbelievable season for him statistically and for him personally. I just, you know, he just did an unbelievable job. And I was so excited to see him step into that role and really, you know, exceed expectations of, of, of being in that role and flourishing in that role. So I was really excited for him. And coming from Adrian Autry, Adrian, in closing, there's no NCAA tournament. There's no college basketball going on right now. How are you handling that? I know you said you're home with the kids. You got stuff going on. You're trying to create a, a school type atmosphere for them. You're still trying to recruit and do your thing. But I mean, you are at the basis of everything a fan of the sport of basketball and a fan of sports in general. No NBA, no March Madness. How are you dealing with it? You know what? Right now, uh, a lot of our focus is is making sure our guys are taking care of their academics. Um, and really just spending time with, with, with my family. Um, I've kind of uh, unplugged from uh, from the basketball part of it as far as trying to watch it and stuff like that. Really just spending time with my family and uh, making sure our guys academically do, 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 do take care of their business and do the things that they're supposed to be doing. And uh, and enjoying this, this, this kind of unplugged time out because once it starts back, you know how it is, man. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. Non-stop. So uh, I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possible. Well, I think there's a positive to take from it. I mean, obviously the coronavirus is a serious thing, but it gives people like you, coaches, the breaks that you never get. So I'm sure there's times where you probably don't know what to do with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, probably when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to sit here for about five or ten minutes and figure out what my next move is. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of, that you probably raid the refrigerator, Adrian, while you can. So uh, no, I'm trying to stay away from the refrigerator. That's why I try to stay out of the kitchen. Do you have to, Do you have bread and toilet paper? Is what I'm concerned about. We have enough. Of, we have enough supplies to get us through. Uh, we got cleaning products. We got bread. We got a lot of coffee and a lot of water. <laughs> all right, that's all. That's all you need, you know. Like, and the thing is, if the kids act up, just it's got to be like inmates. Just bread and water. As long as you got that, you're good to go. So, no <laughs> that coming from Adrian Autry. Adrian, I appreciate it. I'm happy that you don't have to be standing in the line at Wegmans today. And when all this clears up, it'll be good to see you face to face. I hope to get to see you soon. Absolutely, Dan. Appreciate talking to you. Stay safe, man. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Soon, soon, soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. It'll be good. Okay, stay safe. Okay, bye-bye.